When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 526 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. It is November 29th, 2023. We're almost at the end of November. Hopefully, everybody is doing well. I wanted to hit on a few topics today. At the end of the show, I will get into Sean Lewis's first comments as San Diego State head coach. That press conference was earlier today at Snapdragon Stadium. But before that, I want to get to some hypothetical trade packages. Padres, Yankees, a Juan Soto trade. There is kind of an update on that. I'll get into that. And Ryan Flaherty, he is not going to be with the San Diego Padres this coming season under Mike Schilt, who is now obviously the manager of the Padres. And I will tell you those details. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in here. I don't take it for granted. Listeners on the podcast platforms, those on YouTube, I have seen a few people tag me on social media because I think Spotify has like their year in review thing that they're that's popping up on people's phones about like what is the most listened to podcast that they had. And I've been on some of those lists. So, you know, I appreciate those those messages, the support from everyone. I really do uh, don't take that. I don't take that for granted. I really do appreciate everyone. I'm just a Padres fan. You know, I love talking about the Padres with all of you. Um, and yeah, so let's get going here. First with the Ryan Flaherty update before we get to the Juan Soto trade packages. Britt Giroli, who writes for The Athletic, she tweeted out today, a little before 11 o'clock in the morning, Ryan Flaherty is expected to be named Cubs bench coach. Sources tell The Athletic, Flaherty was a finalist for the Padres managerial job that went to Mike Schilt, had previously served as Padres bench coach and offensive coordinator. Now we'll hold the same role in Chicago under Craig Council. I was surprised that the Cubs were the move because Council went with a veteran coach with the Milwaukee Brewers. But now he's, I guess, Flaherty is a veteran coach, technically. He has years of experience. He's well thought of by people in the Padres organization, including those that used to play for the Padres and were with the Padres like Greg Garcia when Flaherty was first coaching with the Padres. So uh, if you missed that, by the way, my Greg Garcia interview on Mike Schilt, who Greg Garcia played for, and Ryan Flaherty, uh, and a little bit on Peter Seidler, you can go watch that on YouTube or go listen to that on podcast platforms. 
a little surprised that he went to the Cubs, but I'm not surprised that he's not on the coaching staff. It feels like this is a situation where Mike Schultz said, me or him, pick one, AJ. Because I'm not going to have Ryan Flaherty be on my coaching staff when he was a finalist for this position. It's been widely reported that it was me or him as the favorites from the very start of this process. I'm not going to have him on my coaching staff, and I only have a two-year contract. And yeah, if I get fired, yeah, Preller can just you know bring up his guy, someone that he rejected to be the Mets bench coach, interview for that job years ago uh, when Buck Showalter was the manager for the Mets. I'm not going to have that guy be on my coaching staff. So not surprised by that. Now, who is going to be on this coaching staff for Mike Schilt? We know Ruben Niebla is going to be. We think Ben Fritz is going to be. We'll see about the first base coach, David Macias, uh, or Macias. I think that's how you pronounce it. We'll see about some of the assistant hitting coaches. There were like three or four, I think, on there. Obviously, Flaherty, he was the bench coach and offensive coordinator, so they're going to be looking for a new head hitting coach, offensive coordinator, or uh, and not just or, and a new bench coach. And some of Mike Schultz's coaches on that Cardinals coaching staff, I've already looked. They're already with other organizations or they're with the Cardinals, so I don't know if they would jump to the Padres to be under Mike Schilt. We could see some of Mike Schilt's former players come on the coaching staff. Uh, Benji Gill is a name that's going to be brought up. He is managing, I believe. He was brought up. I saw this on social media today. He is managing, I think, winter ball. I wasn't sure if this was like during baseball season, the Charos or Charos. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry. But he is the manager of that team. And I think that's a winter ball team. I'm seeing people in replies on social media that that is a winter ball team. And if that's the case, then I think that he would be able to be a coach on the Padres coaching staff during the year because winter ball doesn't, that's not a conflict with him being a coach during the season. So I could see that. Phil Nevin, he is available. Adrian Gonzalez as hitting coach. I would be interested in that. That would be very interesting. It would be very intriguing. This is a guy that A.J. Preller talked to for this manager position. This is the first manager interview I think Adrian Gonzalez has had for a big league manager job. I don't believe he has coached in the big leagues. Maybe he's done some like advisor stuff or helped out players off to the side in the offseason. But he has not coached in the big leagues for like on a coaching staff all season long, anything like that. So this could be an opportunity for him to help out Padres players. I think definitely Padres players would respect Adrian Gonzalez. Look at what he did in his big league career. The guy's on the Hall of Fame ballot. He's not a Hall of Famer, but I think players would definitely respect Adrian Gonzalez for what he would have to say. And with Agon, this is a chance for him to learn under Mike Schilt. And Mike Schilt has made the postseason consistently when he's been a big league manager. I think he knows what he's talking about. He has decades of coaching experience. So this could be a really good opportunity for Adrian Gonzalez if he is given that opportunity, if he is interested in that, to be a hitting coach. I think hitting coach would end up being the best thing. We'll see who the bench coach ends up being but hitting coach feels like that's the the right spot for Agon if that happens there's other guys that have popped into my head like I see Yadi or Molina being thrown out there that's not gonna happen I would be surprised shocked if that happened Albert Pujols I think he's still under contract technically with the Angels as a coach or not a coach but helping out with the Angels organization so I don't think that he could do that unless he got approval from the Angels to go be a coach under Mike Schilt. I just bring his name up because Schilt had to have had some interaction with Albert Pujols. I know Pujols was with the Angels when Schilt was the manager for the Cardinals, but they had to have some type of interaction, right? I mean, Schilt, he was with that organization for a long time. So I throw that name out there. I don't think that's going to happen, but those are just some names that are tossed, that are being tossed around in my head. Adam Wainwright, he just retired. I think he probably just want to stick to broadcasting or helping with the Cardinals, um, stuff like that. I don't think that would happen, but those are just some names that pop into my head 
of guys that that have Cardinals connections or and or they played under Mike Schilt. And then like Adrian Gonzalez, I only mention him because he was thrown out there by Kevin Acey as someone who interviewed for the job. Benji Gill, Phil Nevin, I throw out there, same thing. Now, Schilt might not want guys that were interviewing for the Padres manager job. He might not want those guys on the coaching staff. He might just want guys that weren't interviewing for the Padres manager job. Maybe that would make him more comfortable. I don't know. I think the Padres should assemble the best coaching staff. We know Preller will have a say because he's had a say in every coaching staff that he has built, that he has helped build as the GM, the president of baseball operations with the San Diego Padres. So it's going to be very, very interesting for me to see what this coaching staff ends up being. But Ryan Flaherty ends up going to the Chicago Cubs, so they're going to need a new offensive coordinator, hitting coach, and a new bench coach in addition to any openings that end up opening because some other coaches don't end up coming back. There was, I think, a report out by Dennis Lynn that they would cons- the Padres would consider bringing up guys from the minor leagues to maybe coach on the staff. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, that was the Ryan Flaherty news from today from Britt Rowley. Dennis Lynn says Flaherty had one more year on his contract, I believe. And he was given permission to go speak with other teams once the Schilt hiring was made. All right, quick break, and then I want to get to some hypothetical trades. Juan Soto to the Yankees. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, obviously, I think it's good for me to note here before I get started, I don't want the Padres to trade Juan Soto. I know he's super talented, but I think he's getting traded. My mindset right now, where I'm at, is he's getting dealt. He's not going to be on the Padres in 2024. Yeah, that when that tweet comes across, it's going to suck, but I've already, I just already, I'm already at that point. You know, Ken Rosenthal, some people want to crap on him and, oh, you know, pointing back to the Max Scherzer thing. And yeah, that was devastating when that happened. I was just starting the podcast, I think, when I think I was still recording on Zoom my reactions. It was not like this. So if you want to go back and find that, that would be an interesting watch, probably. Anyway, with Ken, he gets a lot of stuff right. You know, you think of the best reporters. Who is it? It's probably Jeff Passan. And then in terms of national guys, is it Ken right after that? Maybe there's someone else that I'm missing, but that's how I view it. Passan, Ken, and then everyone else probably below that. You know, the, the John Heyman, Joel Sherman, Nightingales of the world, right? Below that, like there's tears to this. Um, so he gets most stuff right. And for him to say it's not a matter of this, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing here. Him saying, yeah, it's a matter of where he goes. Like the crush, the question is not if he's going to get traded. The question is, where is he going? For him to say that, and it's not like he's just saying that just East Coast, want Juan Soto on the Yankees, all that. There's reasons to believe the Padres are going to be trading Juan Soto. If the Padres want more of a complete team, then trading Juan Soto is probably the easiest way to do that. And that might sound dumb because Juan Soto is one of the best hitters on the planet, but he's making over $30 million for 2024. That's what's going to be made in that final year of arbitration. The Padres need starting pitching. If they're trying to spend around $200 million for their payroll in 2024, right now they have like $11 million of room. That's nothing. That's one back-end starter one mid-rotation starter, and they have numerous starters that they have to replace. They have almost 700 innings that they have to replace. We'd probably like them to get some more depth. We'd like them to get a first baseman DH bat, power bat preferably, catcher. Like There's holes here on this roster, and you're not filling all those holes with $11 million. And you could say, well, keep Soto, but trade other guys. Well, who's taking those contracts, right? So, Soto, I think he's getting dealt. Here to some hypothetical trades. I'm hoping to have a 
New York Yankee fan perspective on the show later this week. So stay tuned for that. I think some baseball fans, just baseball fans in general, will know who this guy is. So I'm excited to have him on later this week. But I have, let's see, four hypothetical traits here, and I'll give reasoning to all of them. And one of them includes someone other than Juan Soto going to the Yankees. So first, this is just order. No, like, I think this is the best deal, second best, third, fourth. This is just the order that I jotted them down here on my notes. The Yankees get Juan Soto. Padres get Michael King, Everson Pereira, and Drew Drew Thorpe, I think, is his name. Thorpe is, I know, his last name. Let me look up. Let me just double check. I probably should have done this before the show. Apologies. I just have the last name written down. He is one of the Yankees' top pitching prospects. Yeah, so Everson Pereira and Drew Thorpe. Chase Hampton is their fourth-ranked prospect overall, Yankees-wise. He's a little ahead of Drew Thorpe, but I'm asking for Thorpe over Hampton. You could say Hampton if you want. You could just say Hampton slash Thorpe, whatever. One of those top two pitching prospects there. So King, he is a guy that is in the Yankees rotation, I believe, right now, and he had a good season this past year. The Padres need starting pitching at the big league level. So for me, you have to include a big league starter in this deal. If you're the Yankees, if you want Juan Soto, you're giving us a big league starter. And it's probably between Michael King and Clark Schmidt, right? Those are the names that are going to be thrown out there. King is the better option right now. He's a free agent after 2026, so a couple years of control that they would have him for, 24 and 25. He had a 275 ERA this past year, nine starts, 49 games. So most of them were in relief, but he had a really good season. And Michael King, actually, I should probably, I probably should have said this before I got into the proposals. This was the latest update on the talks, the Juan Soto talks, Padres and the Yankees, from Andy Martino of SNY. Talks between the Yankees and the Padres about a Juan Soto trade have progressed to the point of exchanging names on players, league sources say. San Diego's initial ask was very high, understandably so, and the teams are not close on, not close to an agreement. The Padres are said to be early in their process of figuring out what to do with Soto. With that right there, I'm like, early in the process, don't shouldn't they make a decision here quick? The winter meetings are coming up. If you trade Soto, that gives you a lot more room to make moves. And a lot of moves are going to come during the winter meetings, I would expect, right? If you don't trade Soto and you make that decision that you're not trading Soto, don't you need the time to figure out what moves you'll make? So I think this decision should be coming up pretty quick here like what they're going to do. Not you have to make a trade quick, but like what are you going to do? do? Have you decided that you're going to trade this player or not? As SNY reported, the Yanks and Padres had a preliminary conversation about Soto earlier in the offseason. Those talks have continued. While the exact names are not known, the Padres are said to be looking at top prospects slash rookies like Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe, young major league pitchers in uh, Michael King, Clark Schmidt category, and more. That is standard behavior at the beginning of trade talks for a superstar player. It was also standard behavior for the Yankees to say no, but want to keep talking. Yankees, I understand why they want Juan Soto. Obviously, it's Juan Soto. They need left-handed bat, outfield help. Like It makes sense for them. Now, while the exact names are not known, okay, but then you're throwing out some names here. Dominguez, Volpe, King, Schmidt. King, Schmidt, okay. Dominguez, okay. Anthony Volpe, I don't understand why he would be included in these. Sure, you could say, Anthony Volpe, would you be willing to change positions? Or the Padres would tell him to change positions. But the Padres don't need another middle infielder. Go ask for the boon. Someone like Jason Dominguez. If that's a non-starter for the Yankees, then the Padres, they're going to have to find a way to make that, at least have him enter the conversation a little bit. Because you got to aim high here. You know, it's Juan Soto that you're giving up. You're trying to win baseball games in 2024, but you're also trying to help yourself for the future as well. It's Juan Soto. So I think you ask for the moon. You ask for pitching help. Probably a major league outfielder. 
So that's the latest on Andy from Andy Martino on the Juan Soto trade talks, which it's not really an update. It's an update in, you know, quotation marks. Because the update is, okay, they're talking about names. They're exchanging names on players. Well, duh, it's trade talks. And I'm not trying to disrespect Andy Martino. I'm just saying, like, it's an obvious report. Like, yeah, it's a trade. You have to talk about names. So, yeah, okay. And the, the, the price, the initial ask was very high. Yeah, of course it's going to be. Okay. That's not much of a, a shocker, not like huge breaking news. So that's the update there from Andy Martino. Now, getting back to my trade proposal, New York, my first one, New York at Soto, Padres get Michael King, Everson Pereira, and Drew Thorpe. Thorpe is the 99th prospect in minor league baseball, according to MLB.com. 99th. He might be one of the Yankees' top prospects, but that is barely a top 100 prospect. And the Padres can bring that up to the Yankees. Pereira has no power. And King, okay, the, ma the major league starter. But the Yankees, they can go get Yamamoto. They're trying hard for Yamamoto this offseason. They can go get other starting pitchers to replace King. That would be under control for two years, maybe more in free agency, or maybe a trade that they make. So losing Michael King to get Juan Soto, losing Pereira, who has no power, to get someone that hit, over, that hit 35 home runs this past year, to give up Thorpe when you have Garrett Cole already in your rotation and Carlos Rodon, you just signed him. You're going to need him to perform anyway. And in this trade, you get to keep someone like Clark Schmidt. You have Nestor Cortez. And you can sign Yamamoto. You can sign free agent pitchers. I don't think that's the 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 worst uh, package to give up if you're the New York Yankees. And you get Juan Soto under team control for the entire season, and you can try to convince him to sign an extension. Seems like he's pretty set on going to free agency. And Scott Boris is heavily involved in this, at least I assume. Why would he? I don't think he's just going to let the Yankees or the Padres, because he's on the Padres right now. I don't think he's just going to let Preller or Cashman when he goes to the Yankees, let's say. I don't think he's going to let those guys just go talk to Soto about a contract without Scott Boris being present. Scott Boris, he wants to get as much money as possible in this. It's Juan Soto. It's his you know, biggest free agent client you know, coming up this next offseason, bigger than any, any client that he has this offseason. So he's going to want to be involved. So I don't see an extension getting done. Unless, you know, it starts at $500 million probably for Juan Soto, for Scott Boris. So it's going to be hard. And the Yankees could tell the Padres, we don't think we're going to extend him. So that's lessening the value that you're going to get back, San Diego, AJ. But the Padres can say it's Juan Soto. And you're the New York Yankees. If you want Juan Soto, you're going to have to give us a good amount back because it's Juan Soto. And whether it's the truth or not, the Padres could say, there's a bunch of other teams that would be interested in getting Juan Soto. So you're going to have to pay up. And Jason Dominguez, that's where he comes in here. So maybe this is the, the a realistic trade proposal because Jason Dominguez is not included. Because the Yankees, they don't want to give up Jason Dominguez. But I think it's worthy to note the Padres, what they gave up for Juan Soto. I get it. It was three years of control, not one. But, and they got Josh Bell in it. But. They gave up Voight and Susanna. Let's say that would have been the Josh Bell trade, okay? But for Soto, we know that was three years, and it's Juan Soto. The Padres gave up the top prospects, the, the, the biggest prospects in this deal, because of Juan Soto, not to get Josh Bell. They gave up their number one prospect in C.J. Abrams, their number two prospect in Robert Hassel III. They gave up Mackenzie Gore, their number four prospect, and James Wood, their number five prospect. They gave up four of their top five prospects in this deal for Juan Soto. And I get it. It was three years. But, okay, let's, let's, we're not asking for four of their top five prospects. But if you're the Padres and you gave up that much, ask for a couple top prospects. Or say, hey, we won't ask for a couple of your top five prospects. Actually, I guess Thorpe would be, but 
let's say that we that you ask for you take Thorpe out of there, and we'll ask for a major league starter. We'll ask for your tenth prospect, which is uh, Will Warren, who could be able to pitch for the Padres in 2024. We're asked for Schmidt or King, but Schmidt, let's say, because in this hypothetical, my second hypothetical, I'm asking for Jason Dominguez, your number 10 prospect, and Jason Dominguez. So Soto, will give you Soto, New York. We get Schmidt, Jason Dominguez, and Will Warren. Jason Dominguez was being compared to Mike Trout when he first signed with the New York Yankees, right? Like the most hyped international prospect ever. More than Ethan Salas, in my opinion. At least what I remember from when that happened, yeah, uh, he was being compared to Mike Trout. It was unfair. Unfair comparisons, but that's what it was. Like, this guy is going to, we think, I think a lot of people think this guy will be a star in the major leagues. But we're giving you Juan Soto. So Yankees fans that we don't want, we're not giving up Jason Dominguez for a rental. If you're the Yankees, why are you trading for Juan Soto if you're not going to try to give him a contract? If you can't offer him $500 million, then why are you trading for him? Right? Like, why not just go sign a free agent outfielder on a one-year deal, give Tommy Pham or whatever a one-year guaranteed starting position because Tommy wants to start, you give him that, and you don't have to give up your, your you know top prospects for one year. You're giving up. You're getting Soto, Yankees fans will say, for one year because you're trying to win in 2024. I get that. But, again, look at what the Padres gave up, Brian Cashman. Look at what they gave up in the trade to Washington. Four of their top five prospects. And it, in this deal that I'm asking for, I'm asking for one of your top, top prospects, Jason Dominguez. And I'm asking for a major league starter that's not better than Michael King, at least right now, than Clark Schmidt. And I'm asking for your number 10 prospect, the guy that's not even in the top 100 prospects. And you're getting Juan Soto. I mean, Jason Dominguez has to be in this conversation for the Padres to trade Juan Soto. I'm not saying he has to be in the trade. I'm realistic. I don't think that the Yankees are going to give up Jason Dominguez. Right now, I think that they have the leverage here over the Padres, but Dominguez has to be in one of their trade proposals to the New York Yankees. You cannot be like, you cannot say, well, we know they're going to reject it, so we're not going to ask. No, you have to put Jason Dominguez in there and ask about it. So again, my first one was Soto to New York. Padres get Michael King. Because we're getting the better starter of King or Schmidt, I'm asking for Pereira, not someone like Jason Dominguez, and then Thorpe. So kind of like compensating, right? So the first deal here, I'm asking for the better of the two starters that I named, King or Schmidt. I'm asking for the worst outfielder, Pereira Dominguez. I'm asking for, and that outfielder does not have the power that Juan Soto has. I'm asking for Drew Thorpe, though. So since the outfielder's not, you know, Jason Dominguez, I'm asking for your better pitching prospect over someone like Will Warren. The next deal, Soto to New York, San Diego gets Schmidt, the worst of the two right now, King or Schmidt, but I'm asking for the better of Pereira or Dominguez. I'm not asking for Thorpe, though. I'm not asking for one of your top five prospects. I'm asking for your number 10 prospect, Will Warren, who is, I believe, in AAA right now. So, you know, I'm trying to balance it out here. Try to make I'm trying to make them realistic here. Some will say, no, no Jason Dominguez. That's not possible. Okay, then here's this alternative. I also have this alternative. If the Padres want to just go straight pitching, because if they trade Juan Soto, you're saving over 30 plus million dollars. You can go get an outfielder in free agency to replace Juan Soto, or maybe a couple outfielders. One might have to be cheap, or you can bring one outfielder in whatever, I don't know what the AAV would be, but you can bring them in. Let's say it's like $10 million. You bring that person in to play left, and then you still have a lot more money to spend in other areas as well on the roster, like starting pitching. You can trade for an outfielder as well. Randy Rosarena was a name that I saw on social media today about how uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, I did not notice this writer that put this out, but I did see it out there that, the Rays could be moving Randy Rosarena. He's making like seven mil, I think, projected in 2024. So 
Could it be someone like that that you bring in and play left field? And there's some years of control there. Um, so let's say the Padres, that brings me back to this third hypothetical trade I have here, all pitching. You're not asking for an outfielder. Let's say Pereira, they don't, they're not high on, doesn't have the power. And Dominguez, Yankees aren't doing that. But the Padres, they want more of a complete team. They know they need pitching. So you ask for Schmidt and King, not one of them, but both. And then you ask for Warren, or you can ask for Thorpe. Warren, number 10 prospect in the Yankee system. Thorpe is, I believe, the fifth prospect. Yeah, fifth. And he is not even a top 100 prospect, I don't believe. If I go to top 100, how many do the Yankees have? They have one? No, no, no. My bad. No, I said, yeah. Okay, Thorpe is 99. I said that earlier. My bad. They have five. One, two, three. Yeah, Spencer Jones, you could ask for over, you could ask for him over Jason Dominguez, but who would the Yankees rather give up, I guess? Maybe the Padres have to settle for that. And some might say, Ben, no, no, no. Padres don't have to settle. It's Juan Soto. But I'm saying that they might have to settle because the Yankees have the leverage here, in my opinion. They know the Padres' payroll situation. It's been publicized. They know the Padres need pitching. They know that they're the best fit, probably, for Juan Soto. What other team is a better fit than the Yankees? And I haven't. they know that they're that one team out there that's been reported that have been exchanging names with the Padres for Juan Soto. Like I feel like they got the leverage here. Do you want something back for Juan Soto or not? Do you want to have more of a complete roster? We're giving you some pitching here. Do you want it or not? You know, the Yankees, Brian Cashman can say that. Um, so, yeah, if they want pitching, Schmidt, King, two major league starters there, let's say. And then I don't know if you'd be able to get Thorpe in that as well, or would you only be able to get someone like Will Warren back? But that's three pitchers for one position player, one year of control for the Yankees. And you're getting Schmidt, who is one of their, was one of their top prospects. And you're getting Michael King, who had a sub three ERA, right? This past season, 275. And he's, he's like another Nick Martinez, better Nick Martinez this past season. So there's that one. If the Padres only want to get pitching, they think they can make a trade for an outfielder or go get an outfielder in free agency, um, you know, if Soto gets dealt, you know, because they'll have more, they'll have more room, more flexibility to make that type of move. Now, this one, my fourth one here, involves Trent Grisham, where the Padres, they want an upgrade in center field offensively. Maybe it's Tatis they move to center, and they bring in a corner outfielder to play right, and they bring in another outfielder to play left because they have some room. And Soto, let's say he's making 33 mil next year. Grish is making, what, less than five? Is it going to, it might be like three mil probably, right? Something around that for Trent Grisham. Let me double check here. Trent Grisham, 2024. Five mil, exactly. Base salary estimate. Second year of arbitration. So the Padres, let's say they save $38 million there. And then you have 11, let's say, on top of that to get to 200. That gives them more room. Or they could see, maybe they bring in a cheap center fielder, one-year deal, and then Jacob Marcy is ready at some point. But you, you would worry about that later, right? But here, if you trade Soto, right, you want to get a return back there. Grish, you've tried. It's not working offensively, okay? The Padres can say, we're giving you an MVP candidate, one of the best hitters on the planet, and we're giving you a center fielder, which is what the Yankees do need. They are, you know, I know Judge can play center, but they probably want him in right field. And they had Harrison Bader. He's a free agent. Kevin Kiermaier, they're probably going to be linked to. Cody Bellinger, they're going to be, I think they have already been linked to Cody Bellinger. Them and the Giants and the Cubs probably is what it feels like it would come down to. But Bellinger, they might not want to take the risk for that amount of years on Bellinger. So the Padres can say, here, gold glove center fielder, like, you know, Bellinger, good outfielder. Less risk because it's two years of control. I believe Grish is just two more years. Two years of control, 
one of the best hitters on the planet, and you give us King or Schmidt, you give us Jason Dominguez, Thorpe might be asking for too much, so let's we could we could say Warren, Thorpe or Warren. Obviously, you probably want Thorpe, but you might have to settle for Warren if you're asking for Jason Dominguez in it as well. And what I see there is for Soto, let's just say it's one for one, Jason Dominguez for Soto. You could add in the pitcher. You could add in Kinger. You could add, let's say, like Clark Schmidt in there as well, because it is Soto, who is the healthy player in 2024. Dominguez had surgery, so it's not like he would be healthy all of 2024 to help the Padres. So Soto, Kinger, Schmidt, and Jason, and then let's say for Grish, it would have been the Yankees' number 10 prospect, Will Ward, who's a pitcher, could help the Padres potentially 2024, because if you go to the New York Yankees, their um, top 30 prospects page here on MLB.com, it will say that Will Warren, his uh, ETA, I think that's uh, expected arrival time, 2023. So, like, yeah, he, he should probably help at some point in 2024 for this Padres team. And he'd be making, obviously, the major league minimum because he'd be on the rookie contract. And that would save the money for the Padres as well. I don't love the Soto Grish trade proposal there that I just made. Um, because I think that asking for King or Schmidt, that's reasonable. Asking for Dominguez, I mean, you could definitely make the case it's it's reasonable. I mean, the Padres could say, it's not like Dominguez is the number one prospect in baseball. He might be your number two prospect, New York Yankees, but you have Spencer Jones. We're giving you the opportunity, the exclusive opportunity to extend Juan Soto because you would have him under control. You're the New York Yankees. If you really want him, go offer him $500 million before he hits free agency or go get him in free agency if you really want him that bad. And Jason Dominguez, that's the guy for the Yankees, right, that they eventually would want to pay over $300 million, you know, a huge contract to, right? That superstar player like they did with Judge. Well, you can have a guarantee. Dominguez is not a guarantee to work out like that. Work out like Juan Soto. Work out like Mike Trout. You can get that guarantee here with Juan Soto, and then you can extend him before he even gets to free agency. So the Padres can say that, and they could say, we're, we're trading for the number 70 like 76, what is it? 74th, 74th ranked prospect in baseball. That's our marquee addition here in this trade. And we're giving you one freaking Soto. They could say that. And then Preller could say, well, we don't have to trade Juan Soto. I think they, they do. Technically, you don't have to. No, okay, you don't have to trade Juan Soto, but good luck building the rest of the roster then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So for me, yeah, they, they do. They don't have to, but they do have to, if you know what I'm saying. So which package do I like the best out of these hypothetical deals? I would probably pick the Schmidt-Dominguez-Warren package for Soto. Sure, some fans would be like, yeah, we can get rid of Grish, but who are you replacing Trent Grisham with? You know, Grish, that's, that's, we know that the defense is going to be there. He's not making a ton of money in 2024. And while I do like getting Michael King, getting a Michael King back, what if it what if it was King, Dominguez, and Warren? Maybe the Yankees would say no on that. I'm just sticking with Schmidt, Dominguez, and Warren. I think getting back an outfielder is what you want in this deal. Getting back pitching is what you want in this deal. And you'd be doing both of those. And you'd be getting something back, not just something, Jason Dominguez. And you'd be getting back a big league starter, and you'd be getting back someone that hopefully would help you in the bullpen. I think he's a reliever. Will Warren, he might be a starter. Someone that will help you in 2024, hopefully. And it's one year of Juan Soto. But, you know, because Yankees fans are going to say, oh, it's a rental one year. I would say, you're the Yankees. Go sign Juan Soto then. We're not, it's, you're not the Royals where it's, okay, it's definitely one-year rental. No, you're the Yankees. And I know they have the Stanton contract. That's a big contract. I know they have the Cole and the Judge. But, like, you're the Yankees. The money is there. The money is there. If you're talking about Yamamoto for $200 million and Bellinger, like, the money is there. You might have to choose between Soto and Yamamoto or Soto and Bellinger. You know, but you're the Yankees. Like I, I think that they have the money if they if they need to to make themselves feel better about this. If they have to give it to Dominguez, you have the money to bring Juan Soto to the Bronx long term, not just one year. Um, yeah, let me know what you think of these trade packages, these potential trade packages. I tried to make it realistic. There was also this one on social media. Uh, my tweet that I put out yesterday got a ton of uh, replies, ton of traction. I said, what do you need from the Yankees for Juan Soto? And like 300,000 people almost have viewed this tweet. Over 160 replies. Uh, there was one that was, a lot of people thought this was the most realistic one that they had seen. And this is from Padres Thoughts at Padres Fan Takes. I want to give this person credit here. He says one of Michael King or Clark Schmidt, which is included here. One of Drew Thorpe or Chase Hampton, which is included here in some of these hypotheticals that I put up there. One of Spencer Jones or Everson Pereira, Will Warren, and Kyle Higashioka if AJ wants catching depth. And we can throw in Grish since they need a center fielder. So that's kind of what I said here. Soto and Grish. I didn't put Higashioka in there. I think the Padres, they can get someone in free agency if they want to. They can make a trade. Um, the Yankees, I think, wouldn't they want to keep Kyle Higashioka? I don't, I don't think that's a need for the Padres to get Kyle Higashioka. Yeah, to get Higgy. But Will Warren, okay. Clark. Or Michael King, okay. Where I think it's too much is because, look, Soto and Grish, that's two players, and you'd be acquiring one, two, three, four, five players. And you're asking for, in this deal, you're asking for a major league starter, you're asking for one of the best pitching prospects 
you're asking for their best prospect. If you're asking for Spencer Jones, if it's Everson Pereira, it's more doable in this deal. Let's say the Padres ask for King, Thorpe, or Hampton, doesn't matter. King, Thorpe, Pereira, Warren, Agashioka, Soto and Grish go to the Yankees. I think that's more appealing. You know, as the for the Padres, you could say, hey, we're not asking for Jason Dominguez. We could, or, hey, we're not taking Michael King off your hands. Let's say if they ask for Schmidt over King. Hey, we're not asking for both Thorpe and Hampton. Hey, we're not asking for Spencer Jones. We're asking for Everson Pereira, if they ask for Pereira. Will Warren is your number 10 pitching prospect. You can go sign guys in free agency to come in. Kyle Higashioka, you could replace that, right? And we're giving you a gold glove center fielder. We're giving you one of the best hitters in baseball. That is, it's a, it's a pretty, I think, realistic hypothetical trade there by Padres Thoughts at Padres Fan Takes. And that got over 100 comments and 68 retweets slash quote tweets. So I think that got some traction among Yankees fans. One person here, uh, Joe's McFly, he's a big Yankees fan that anyone anyone that you know follows John Boy Media says that's it. I mean, whoa, that's a crazy package, but I agree. So some, so, and he's a big Yankees fan, so he knows about those players and all that. So maybe, I, I still think that feels like one player maybe too much there. And maybe Spencer Jones is not doable. I am curious, though. Is Spencer Jones or Jason Dominguez more doable? If the Yankees had to give up one for Juan Soto, who would it be, Jones or Dominguez? Jones is ranked number one in their system. Dominguez is two. Jones isn't hurt right now. Dominguez, you know, just got surgery. But Dominguez was at the big league level. Spencer Jones was at double A, I think. His arrival time is not for another couple more years, at least expected. It feels like, though, Pereira would be involved. It's more likely Pereira would be in this deal than Dominguez or Jones. But as I said earlier, you got to ask for it. You got to ask for it. And again, I'll bring up the Washington deal. I get it. The Yankees and the Nats, those are two different organizations. Yankees are trying to win. The Nats weren't caring about trying to win at this point in time. But the Padres gave up. Number one, number two, number four, and number five in this deal. In addition to number 19 and Voight, but for like Josh Bell, I'm saying like the Padres maybe could have gotten Josh Bell only if they would have given up Susana and Voight, let's say. They gave up four of their top five prospects. You think AJ wanted to give up James Wood? What player was he being compared to? Like, the, wasn't he being compared like the lefty Aaron Judge or something like that with some of those bombs he was hitting at Lake Elsinore? You think he wanted to give up Robert Hassel, who was who just played in the Futures game for him before this deal? Abrams, Gore, yeah, we, we knew that those guys were going to have to go. But your top pitching prospect, a guy who was, well, already in the big league, so I don't know if you wanted to include him as a prospect, but you get my point. Gave up a lot, and I get it. It was three years of Soto. Okay, then take, so that's four prospects there. If the Padres ask for one top prospect, and that's Jason Dominguez, let's say who's not their number one prospect. He's number two. Jones is number one. Now, the Yankees, this is not the Yankees' ranking. So they could have Dominguez easily one way over Jones and be like, no, Dominguez is untouchable. Maybe Jones, but we really have to think about that. Dominguez is no. This is just MLB.com's rankings. But just saying, these num number one, number two, number four, number five that they gave up, the Padres did in the Washington deal, those were the rankings by MLB.com at the time of that deal. If you want to get something, sometimes you have to give up something that you don't want to give up. But, you know, the Padres, they might be asking for Jason Dominguez, and you should, again, you should, but I feel like the Yankees have more leverage here. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plan, how this, uh, how this unfolds. When does this happen? I feel like if you're the Padres, you want this to happen pretty quick because you want to know, is Soto going to be on this team or not? Do we have more money to spend, more flexibility than we initially thought maybe going into the offseason? Because players are going to start getting 
grabbed up here by other teams, and you're going to be missing out on those players if, let's say, you're still deciding on a Juan Soto deal. So you might have to do this pretty quick here. We'll see what happens. But yeah, give your thoughts here on YouTube in the comments. Do you like any of these hypothetical trade packages that I presented? If you have another hypothetical trade package, put it in the comments or you can put it on social media as well. Reply to my tweet that I sent out yesterday with a picture of Juan Soto at Yankee Stadium. What do you need from the Yankees for Juan Soto? And you can be one of those hundreds of comments in there on that to give your thoughts there. All right. Another break, and then I want to give my thoughts on what the new head coach of San Diego State had to say today. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick-up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, I want to get to here at the end what the new head coach of San Diego State had to say today at his introductory press conference. That would be obviously Sean Lewis. I gave my initial reaction to this yesterday on this YouTube channel, so you can go check that out under the San Diego State Aztecs playlist that I have, or go to videos, scroll down, you'll be able to see it. Um, Sean Lewis, there was a long article press release that was put out by San Diego State about all of the experience that Sean Lewis has at Kent State and under Deion Sanders and his stops at Syracuse and Bowling Green and Eastern Illinois. Uh, J.D. Wicker put out a quote here in the press release. Lewis is 37, and uh, here is the quote from Wicker. I am thrilled to welcome Sean Lewis and his family to San Diego State University. He is a coach with immense talent, and I'm looking forward to the excitement that his teams are going to generate at Snapdragon Stadium. His approach emphasizing academic and life skills opportunities are equally important and will complement the student-athlete experience. A lot of great offensive numbers. I'm not going to read them all to you. That There's a lot of numbers there, but you can go read that on San Diego State's website. Sean Lewis spoke to the media today at Snapdragon Stadium, and there I'm sure there's some other side interviews that will come out from other media outlets. But from the press conference part that I saw, some things that I got impressions from this was, one, this dude is tall. He's like 6'7". I think that's what J.D. Wicker said on the Darren Smith show earlier today. My goodness, that guy is a mountain over J.D. Wicker today, uh, just hovering over him. Um, you know, this, this guy, he's, he kept talking. He kept talking without taking a breath, so he can definitely do that. And some of the stuff that he said, I think, were definitely talking points that like J.D. Wicker and San Diego State made sure that he said, um, connecting 
himself to Don Coriel and bringing the Air, Cor- uh, Air Coriel brand of football to San Diego State. Um, and go get your tickets now because you're not going to be able to get them. Fans need to get tickets now because there won't be tickets available soon with the product we're going to put on the field. Like that was probably a talking point that needed to be put in there because we know San Diego State has had a ticketing issue with how many fans have been at Snapdragon Stadium, especially this past season. Well, I mean, when the product's not good, the fans, they're not going to spend 70 bucks, 40 bucks. I saw a lot of $70 tickets for the upper deck at Snapdragon Stadium for like San Diego State against Nevada. So the price, it's not just this new coach coming in that's going to sell out the stadium. You need the players, you need the quarterback, you need the offense, you need excitement, you need wins. Show San Diego State fans the wins, and then they'll show up. Also got to lower the, the, the price as well. Just because they're winning doesn't mean it's okay to have the prices be, you know, 70 bucks for upper deck tickets and think that you're still going to sell out the stadium when fans can go watch it on television, right? So hopefully, you know, the ticket prices are better. But what he said, it was positive about San Diego State, obviously. Talk essentially saying how this job was a no-brainer for him. San Diego State, best group of five job out there was something that he said um, during his press conference today telling Charger fans that they're looking for a team this is the team to come root for it's like I mean yeah I I like you saying that and like yeah this is a going to be an entertaining product fast obviously exciting right bringing excitement to San Diego State and all that Um, but like the Chargers have been gone for a while. I think San Diego State, they're passionate San Diego State football fans. Sure, will there be some fans that are going to hop on if this ends up being successful and it's uh, fun to go watch games and the offense is scoring a bunch of points and there's a good quarterback in here? Yeah, fan, more fans will show up and maybe some fans that weren't following the program will hop on, you know, that live in San Diego and don't really have like a, a college that they root for. Um, but really what it's all about is winning. And obviously this press conference, it was going to be a lot about the excitement, the flash, San Diego state and exciting best group of five job out there going to try to go win championships. And he mentioned the CFP, the college football playoff, because that's expanding, I believe in 2024. So the highest conference champion in the group of five, they will get a spot in the expanded college football playoff. So obviously talking about that, we knew that's what was going to happen. I didn't have a problem with things that he said here. Um, for me, it's going to be obviously about the actions. What is the offense going to look like? What's the coaching staff going to look like? Are you going to win games? Right? I think what's the realistic expectation here? I, I think Get back to the top half of the Mountain West. You were in last place in the Mountain West this past year. Get back to the top half of the Mountain West. Find a quarterback. Make things more exciting. If you're losing games, but you scored 30 points, hey, that's an improvement from this past season. So finding improvement, I'm not saying that they have to go make a New Year's Six Bowl next season. Some of these expectations that you might see out there might be unrealistic or you know just emotionally based off of what you know this hiring and what they've read and what they've heard and all that uh, but you know this program I'm not I think that this this hire it's interesting it's offense it's appealing I think that it's refreshing I'm not trying to disrespect Brady Hoke or Rocky Long but bringing in an offensive guy bringing in someone that's 37 it's different I think that can be refreshing to Aztecs fans. So we'll see. It's a wait and see. Just like I said yesterday, regardless of who they were going to bring in here, it is a wait and see. Expectation-wise, I think we should expect this team, like I just said, to, to turn it around. Not saying that to be the winners of the Mountain West, Mountain West champs, but turn this around. Have a winning record this next year. Show us something, and then keep building on that. And then we could you know, really start making some things happen here at San Diego State. And if you want a consistent, uh, packed stadium, win games. 
be exciting because that's not what this was this past season. That's not what it's been these past couple years at Snapdragon Stadium in the first couple years. It has not been the Aztec Stadium. It has been San Diego Wave Stadium. And deservedly so, because San Diego Wave has made the playoffs back-to-back years, home playoff games. They were the best team in the NWSL in the regular season this past year. They've got Alex Morgan and Naomi Gurma and Kaylin Sheridan and Sophia Jakobsen and Abby Dahlkemper and, and Jane Shaw, and I'm going to leave people out. I'm sorry. Uh, and Casey Stoney leading it. You know, like, there's a reason for fans to show up to those games. Didn't feel like there was a ton of reasons to show up to these San Diego State games. So hopefully exciting times are ahead for the San Diego State program. All right, that is it. Talking Friars episode 526. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. We're on Soto Watch, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this coaching staff as well.